This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Let us now turn to scripture. And I would lead us in the passage from Isaiah 43 beginning with verse 15. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path, in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior, they lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Let me lead us in prayer. Lord, you are the one who inspired the word through your prophet Isaiah. Now we ask that you would illumine this word, that it may be a living word from you to us, that we may know how to walk with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we also dedicate to you the gifts that are given this day and will be given. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we are... We are leaving a strange 2020, and we are in the very first week of year 2021. These are times like no one has ever seen, and we do not know what is going to unfold in the days and weeks of this year, because we know that the dangers are real and the risks are high. What is it that God wants to say to us as we venture into this new year? I would like to say that from the passage we heard, we can say, who is it that is with us? How does God lead us? And what is it that God wants us to do? Who is with us? That verse 15, it begins, I am the Lord. 
Those are all in capitals. L-O-R-D are the English way of saying the name that's unspeakable, the great I am. So we, we read, I am who I am. There was an elderly woman who came up the steps of a church one Sunday and an usher met her and asked her where she'd like to sit. And she asked to sit on the front pew. And he whispered, you really don't want to sit there. The pastor is a boring preacher. And she, she said, son, do you know who I am? He said, no. Well, I am the pastor's mother. The usher said, do you know who I am? She said, no. He said, good. You know, God is saying, do you know who I am? Look at his qualifications. I am the Lord. This is the one, the name that he revealed to Moses when Moses saw a fiery bush that didn't get consumed and, and he was commissioned. This is the Lord, your holy one. He says he's the creator of Israel. Israel was a name that God gave to Jacob. Remember, Jacob was a deceiver. Jacob was a liar. Jacob deceived his brother. He stole from him. He deceived his father who was blind. He ran away out of fear. And it was God the Lord who met Jacob in that wilderness and changed his name to Israel. This is an identity change. Now, Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was a child of promise when Abraham was 99 years old and his mother 90 years old. Abraham was someone who lived far, far away. And yet God said, I'm telling you, if you leave where you are, I will take you in a way you do not know. I will make you a mighty nation. And in you, all the people of the earth will be blessed. Do you know that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who became Israel, had nothing but God's word creating in them a new identity and giving promises to them when every bit of the circumstance looked like it was against them. Who is this that is with us? I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your king. Now you and I don't have kings. We have presidents. We have governors. We have mayors. We have bosses or managers. But God is the king and a king is a protector and a provider. And his throne is different because his throne is righteous and just, steadfast love and faithfulness. And we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So who is with us? The assurance of our future depends upon this. His qualifications are real. And that gives us our assurance. When I was in my first career before a pastor, I was a registered nurse and my final years of nursing were in a rural hospital in Northern Washington state. And I 
was in a, a, a small hospital and the nurse was responsible to receive any patients coming in by an ambulance into the emergency room. The doctor didn't have to be but 20 minutes away. Laboratory, radiology, they just had to be 20 minutes away. It was up to the nurse to stabilize whatever happened, whether that was an emergency coming in through an ambulance or whether that was a, a woman giving birth and to a very sick baby. That was the nurse's job. Can you imagine what it was like for me coming from a bigger hospital to a rural hospital? I needed someone qualified to be with me. I needed an experienced nurse to stable my nervous hands and to help me do the right thing. This is the qualification that God says he is more than enough for whatever it is that we are going into this year. So let's look at the second. How does God lead? Verse 16, he makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters. I want to do just a quick word study. The, whenever you read the word way in the Old Testament, that word is derech. That means like you think of a wreck. It means road. You think of a wreck in the road. It's a, he is the road. He makes a road in the sea. A sea is the uh, epitome of chaos for an Israelite. You know, the uh, Israelites were not swimmers. They did not like to be in boats on the Mediterranean Sea. They were land lovers. I don't know what your frightening place is. That worst setting you can imagine, that worst case scenario. God is saying, I'm going to make a road through your sea. Now, this is staggering. He says, I'm going to make a path in the mighty waters. Path is the word that is like a trodden trail. There are trail markers. On this Zoom worship, we have Arch Owen. He is in Maine. His place that he would rather be than in his own uh, office working is on a trail. And he marks trees so that you know that when you're in a thick, dark forest, it's a place you've never been before, there's a marker that shows, yep, you're on the right road. Keep going. You're on the right road. So God says, I make a path in the mighty waters, mighty, threatening, worst case scenario, vehement, harsh waters. You're going to find a path because God, your guardian, your one who's qualified is going to lead you. I don't know what sea or mighty waters are before you. It might be a medical condition or a relational dispute, maybe sobriety, or for some, it's overwhelming workload, paying bills, defeating depression. As a nation, we are entering into a sea of unrest and mighty waters that threaten life and institutions. But the Lord makes a road for his chosen people in the midst of chaos. 
How does he do it? We, we've heard. We've heard how he uses the word of God. The word of Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. This way is well lit in God's word. And we've already heard testimony today, the importance of Christian fellowship. We have Jesus as our light. Jesus is God's autobiography. He's qualified to lead us through. How does God lead? He leads through whatever threatens us. But that's not all that we find in this passage. God leads us into something new. We're not always going to be in mighty waters. Verses 18 and 19, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? In other words, something's about to change. We're to let go of what's behind us and take hold of something new that God is doing. Something is about to change. You and I know how much we resist change. Mark Twain said that the only person who likes change is a wet baby. I agree. But as God's people, we are invited into what God is doing, a new thing. That is change. We are not limited by our past. Now, some of us have known mostly sadness, mostly darkness. There are others who have had it more dappled light. They know their sorrows. But boy, they're hanging on to something good that they had and wishing they had it back, wishing they could hold on to it. You may remember the name Alan Alda. He played in MASH, the surgeon. He wrote a book about his own past that he was trying to hold on to. He tells a story that when he was eight years old, his dog, his dog that he loved died and he couldn't stop crying. He was crying so much that his father said maybe they shouldn't bury it, but they should have the dog stuffed. So that they, that's what they did. They stuffed the dog and put it on the porch and delivery men were afraid to make deliveries. And there are a lot of ways that we try to stuff the dog, try to avoid change, hang on to something that's already passed. How does God lead? Through whatever threatens us to a new life, to something that we need to grasp, hold on to. When Isaiah wrote this, he was in, he was in, was writing to the people who were in exile, about the people who were in exile, Babylon, far, far away from home. The only way back home was through the desert wilderness, a place that was also threatening by robbers or hunger or thirst or getting lost. But we're not to live in exile forever. God is doing a new thing to bring us home to a restored life through the wilderness. Verse 19, now we see that same word, 
road. I will make a way, a direct, a road in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Does that sound impossible? It's not with God. Nothing is impossible with God. You, you've heard the stories already this morning. We have so many that we can tell to one another. But God wants us to do something with these stories. What he wants us to do is to tell them. We see this in the last verse that we read. He gives drink to his chosen people who he formed for himself so that they might declare his praise. Something new is about to happen. God is going to take you through whatever threatens you in order to restore you to your rightful home with him in Jesus Christ. And he's going to provide for you the whole way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, so that you and I can declare God's praise. Are you ready? Do you perceive it and grasp something that God is doing? We are to declare God's praise. Who are you willing to tell? I close with this. Last night, I was on the phone with my friend, Barbara Blankenship. She lives in Colorado Springs. She and I were in ministry together there. She is a layperson. She has painted a painting that now hangs in the living room of Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport. In 2012, Barbara suffered a massive stroke. It left her a quadriplegic, unable to use any of her limbs on her own or hold her back up straight. That year, her husband died of natural causes, and she was forced to sell her home and move into full-time nursing care, even at a relatively young age. COVID recently sent her from that nursing home where she's been for years, oh, way out to Denver, where she was in isolation. She told me that while she was in isolation, she memorized the letter of Philippians. That's the letter that Paul wrote from an awful prison cell. Barbara has just returned. She's returned to a new facility in Colorado Springs. And she told me she was overjoyed. She said, I, I know my purpose. I have a whole new set of people who need to know who I am and why I have so much joy in the Lord. What does 2021 hold for you? Whatever threatens you, God is with you. He leads you through the waters and through the wilderness. He's doing a new thing if you perceive it. Ah, so let us pray. Lord, we do want to perceive what you're doing. We thank you that you have given us a tangible expression in the Lord's Supper. And we ask, Lord, that you would give us opportunities 
to bear witness to the story of your work and your provision, and that this year would be unlike any other, that we would truly come home rejoicing. We pray it in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.